Welcome back to Daughter of a King Podcast. I am your host, Robert Pendergrass. So, as you know, if you've been on here for a while, then we're like in the Victory Series. So, this episode is part six of the Victory Series here on the podcast. And basically, the Victory Series is about how we can have victory in God, how like by following God we can achieve victory in our life and I'm basically just sharing like Bible stories of how like people in the Bible experience victory and how we can experience victory ourselves so if you have not watched the other episodes in the series then I highly suggest that you watch those before watching this one because like all of the messages relate that's why they're in this series and the messages would really benefit you. So I highly suggest going back and listening to those episodes. Also, if you want more motivation, motivation from me, then feel free to follow me at Instagram at rpendergrass26. And basically there, you'll get notified when I post on Daughter of a King. And that's just extra content. <clears throat> also, I am accepting donations for the Daughter of the King ministry. Basically, there's like a link in my description where if you want to send a donation, you can. I'm not saying you have to, but it would really help out the ministry and basically expand the ministry to do more projects for not only you guys, but for the community. Also, I am accepting voice messages. So voice messages is just basically you recording yourself, sending me a message. So there's a link for that in the description as well. You click the link and basically you can just send me a voice message and I'll hear it and I'll be able to answer your question in like a next podcast episode. Sorry. Okay. I think that's everything. But also make sure you subscribe. Sorry. Can't say that. But make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because there are some more exciting series coming up. I'm going to keep that secret for now. But there are more exciting like things coming up on this podcast, on the ministry. And basically, yeah. And if you want to get notified on those things, then, my, then you can follow me on my Instagram. But other than that, let's get into the episode. So... For Victory Part 6, we are going to be going into the book of Second Chronicles, Chapter 20. And this is basically about the king Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Judah during this time. And basically, like, here he's just, like, he's getting back into, into position, like, where God wants him to be. Because before he, he went astray, he, um, okay, so. Let me give you some background. So at this time, Israel and Judah, they were split. And basically, Israel, all those kings were not doing the will of God. They were just crazy. Let's just say that. We had Jehoshaphat. He was like, he followed God. But he had this moment where he, you know, he had like a relation to Ahab, which was the king of Israel, not a good relation. They were like this friendship that wasn't good for Jehoshaphat. And that like pushed him out of position. But now he's back in position and we're going to see 
the like aftermath of that. So I'm gonna read Second Chronicles chapter twenty verses one through two. It says, After this the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gedi. Okay. So this threat came against Jehoshaphat and Judah like after his return to seeking God. Because before, like in chapter 19, before he was like not seeking God, but now the threats want to come towards him when he's seeking God. So the enemy, he will try to attack you when you are on the path of God. And if you are being attacked by the enemy, then know that you're doing something right. Okay, here. So, before, like I said, Jehoshaphat, he wasn't on the path of God. He was, like, outside of the will of God with the king of Israel at, like, 19 and 18. And, like, he wasn't where God needed him to be. He wasn't where God, where God wanted him to be. He wasn't seeking God. He wasn't following him. And so, go back and read 18 and 19 to see how that went. But now we're here in 20, and now Jehoshaphat is seeking God, and then the enemy wants to throw attacks his way. That's just only telling us is that when we are on the path of victory, the enemy will try to attack us. He will try to derail us from the victory that God wants us to have. And as believers in God and the one true living God, we can't let that happen. We can't let the enemy just derail us from where God ha- wants us to be. So, if you want to experience victory, then I highly suggest the word, like, just please listen to the word that God is giving me. But, like, please just stay on the path of God. Please, like, the enemy will try to attack you when you're on this path. But I don't want you to get discouraged because the enemy is only attacking you because he knows that he has little time left here on this earth. So while he has time, he's trying to distract you to make you go to the same place that he's going to go when, you know, Jesus comes back and everything. But if you want to achieve victory in life, then I highly suggest that you stay on the path of God, that you do not let the enemy try to throw his attacks your way and let it, like, discourage you. Like, do not be discouraged. That. Like, that's, like, all throughout the Bible tells us not to be discouraged by the attacks of the enemy. Because, literally, the enemy is always attacking, as we saw in the Victory series so far. Like, the enemy, he will always try to attack us when we're on the path of victory. Let me just let you know, when you're on the path of victory, the enemy will try to attack you. And if the enemy is not trying to attack you, then you're not doing the right thing. If the enemy is trying is not trying to attack you, then that means you're not on the path of God and that that means that you're like in a bad you're on a bad path. You're on the path to destruction. You're not in a a a, a victorious point in your life. The only way you can have that victorious like path only way you can get on that 
victorious path is when you're going on the path of God. So know that when you're on the victorious path of God, that the enemy, he will try to derail you. He will try to send his attacks your way to make you feel discouraged. But know that the if the enemy is attacking you, then you are on the right path. You are on the path that's heading straight towards victory. Okay, so now let's read verses 3 through 4. It says, Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So in a way, Jehoshaphat, he was probably afraid because he had all these armies um, coming against him. Let's look back at the armies that was coming against him. It says a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar. That is in Engedi. So he has this army coming against him. And Jehoshaphat, he has the right to be scared. Because, like, who wouldn't be scared of, like, an army coming towards you to destroy you? Like, who wouldn't be, af- who wouldn't be afraid of that? But the sense here is that Jehoshaphat, he had, he had a stronger fear in the Lord. And he was more awed at the power and majesty of God than at the destructive force of his enemies. Like, he was more afraid of God than he was of his enemies. So, I want you to know, it's okay to be afraid of the situation you are in. It's okay to be a little worried at times. It's okay, you know, it's okay for us to have emotions. Like, God doesn't want us to be robots. He doesn't want us to be robots. Like, if you feel a, if you feel fear... It's okay for you to show that you feel fear. But you should always fear God over your situation. Like, it's okay for you to be afraid of your situation. But it's not okay for for you to, like, let that fear override your fear of God. It's not okay to let that situation have power over your belief in God. Like, that's not okay. Like, your fear of God... Like you should always have fear. You should always fear God over your situation. You should be more all at the power and majesty of God than your enemies. Like, it's like when you're when you're fearing stuff. Let's say, let's say for example, you're like too focused on like how people view you, and you're scared to go around people because they think of you some type of way, and and you're like more afraid of those people than you are at God. It's like what people can do to you. I'm asking you that what people can't really do anything to you. So like why be afraid of them? Now God, he has the power. He has more power than anyone in this whole universe. He has the power to send us to heaven or hell. That's what he has the power to do. And that's the biggest power in this whole entire world. He has, he has the power to create this whole earth in seven days. He created us. He did all this creation in seven days. And he's constantly 
doing stuff for like the billions of people on this earth every day, every moment, every second. He's doing something. And he has that power. So, but people, we don't, it's like, we struggle with like the minimal things. So like, why should we think that people have more power over God? That's the same thing with the enemy. Why should we think that the enemy, what he tries to throw our way, why why do we think that's more powerful than what God is doing and what he can do? It, like, doesn't make sense. As I'm saying this, I hope you realize that this doesn't make sense. It's like, how does this weak being, this person or the enemy, has power over the God that created the whole universe, created everything in seven days, and it still does everything for us to this day, for, like, the millions, billions, trillions people on this earth every single day, every moment, Every second. I'm like why do we not believe that he has. If he has all that power. Why do we think that he doesn't have the power over our situation. And why do we give the power over our situation to people and the enemy. Why do we give power to them. It doesn't make sense. Because when you fear. When you have so much fear in them. You're actually giving that person that you're afraid of so much power. You're giving the enemy so much power. And instead, that power belongs to God. The power over your situation, that belongs to God. Because he's the only one that can... He's the only one that has the power to do something. And we're, like, too busy being focused on what the enemy is trying to throw our way. It doesn't make sense. But here, Jehoshaphat and his people, they did the right thing. They did the right thing, and they started to seek God. So don't let your situation have, like, more power than God. Or think that your situation has more power than God, I would rather say. And do not give, like, do not give power to your situation by having so much fear over it. Over it. Do not have so much fear to where you're giving power to that person or the enemy. Do not give power to them. That power should go to God. You should fear in that power knowing that God's going to do something. God's going to trample your enemies to the ground. You should be like imagining that in your head and be like awed. You shouldn't be awed at what the enemy is trying to throw your way. You shouldn't be focused on that. You should be focused on what God is trying to do in the season of your life right here and right now. So don't let anything have the power over your situation but God. And so here, Jehoshaphat and his people, they did the right thing here. So Jehoshaphat, he set the example by his own personal devotion to God. He sought God. And... We can expect God to do great things with when his people seek him. Like, people wonder why great things don't happen. It's because they don't seek God. They wonder why they're so confused and their Bibles are closed collecting dust. Their Bible is closed and it's being stomped all over in your car. On the, like it's on the floor of your car and it's being stomped over. 
people wonder why they don't like get great things when but they're like not seeking God. As you see in the Bible and as we go throughout this victory series, like when we seek God, great things happen. And that's just a fact. It's like, it's just something that you're going to have to experience yourself. That when you seek God and when you're fully focused on him and not your situation, then great things will happen. So, Jehoshaphat, he called the nation to express their humility and total dependence on him through a, I'm sorry, on God. They expressed their humility and total dependence upon God through a public fast. So in Mark 9, sorry, in Mark chapter 9, verses 28 through 29, Jesus told the the disciples and the people that prayer and fasting together were a source was a source of significant spiritual power. Jesus basically said that prayer and fasting was was the source of spiritual power. So prayer and fasting draws us closer to the heart of God, and they put us more in line with His power. Fasting is a powerful expression of our total dependence on Him. On God. So I'm guilty of this too, but we as Christians, we should fast more. Like, we should not only fast when our church calls it, but we should also fast because we choose to have, to like express our total dependence on God. We choose to like give up something so our total focus, our total dependence can be on God. And like that, and like prayer and fasting, that's our way of getting closer to God. And as Christians, that should be our main goal. Because us being closer to God is how we achieve victory. But we can't have that if we're not praying, if we're not fasting, if we're not even coming to God. If we're not coming to God, how can we expect to receive the blessings of God? Like, the two won't mix. You can't get the blessings of God without, like, having a relationship with God. God's not going to give you anything if you're not having a relationship with Him. So know that prayer and fasting draws you closer to the heart of God. I may do something. I'll see if I'll do something for, like, the New Year's. Because this, like, just popped in my head. I'll see if I'll do something in the New Year's like a prayer or a fasting plan that we could do together to kind of like, you know, get us closer to God and, you know, just listen to what he has to say. Because I'm not going to lie, when we pray and fast, a lot of things, God will like show us a lot of things. He will speak to us in an amazing way. But... Like, the revelations of life, they only come to us when we are praying and fasting. And so, if, like, prayer and fasting, if you want to get closer to God, that's the way to do it, by praying and fasting. Because praying and fasting, they also put us more in line with His power. If we wonder why we don't have power, it's because we're not praying and fasting. We tr- we're trying to um, gain strength from people 
and just other things instead of gaining strength from God. And that's how, like that's how we're losing the battle. The only way that we can win the battle is by drawing strength from God. It's by drawing strength from prayer and fasting. It's like prayer and fasting, that is our way. That is a powerful way of expressing to God our total dependence to Him. It's expressing to God that we want to get to know Him more and to draw closer to Him. So yeah, prayer and fasting, it's like important things that we need to do in order for us to achieve victory. Now let's move on to verses 5 through 12. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the, temp- at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham as your friend? They have believed, sorry, that wasn't as your friend, that was your friend. So it was, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in, in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will still, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in your distress, in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. So how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God will not judge our God will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I'm gonna read the last sentence again. It says we do not know what what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's very important coming out of the mouth of Je- coming out of the mouth of Jehoshaphat. Here, Jehoshaphat he openly confessed in front of all the people of Judah that he did not have the answer to the current situation. Like, how would that look like the leader? He did not have the answer. He did not have the answer, and he openly confessed that. He wasn't afraid to confess that in front of all the people of Judah. Like, Jehoshaphat, he knew here that his only answer was to trust in God, that his power and goodness would protect Judah when nothing else could. So, I want you to know that it's okay in this season, that it's, it's okay for you to not have all the answers. Like, your only answer is to trust in God's power and goodness to protect us. On this path of victory, 
that we're walking in, it's okay for you to not have all the answers. Because the path towards victory is not the easiest path. That's why few people are on this path. Few people are on this path because it's not easy. They're not on this path because they don't have all the answers. You know how we like to have all the pain. Sorry. You know how we like to have like all the answers. But on this path towards victory, on the path of God, we do not have all the answers. Like our only answer is to trust in God's power and goodness to protect us. And on this path of victory, just know that you you will not have all the answers. But know that your only answer is to trust in God's power and goodness to protect you at all times, whether good or bad. Okay, so let's read verses 13 through 15. It says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came to came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you: Do not be def- oh, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. I just want to apologize for. I think I butchered some of those names, but it's fine. Okay. So after Jehoshaphat's great pit, for some reason I can't talk, but okay, let's start over. So after Jehoshaphat's great prayer, the people stood silently before the Lord, waiting upon him for some sense of like direction. They were basically waiting to hear something from God after this prayer took place. So like, and I'm like so guilty of doing this like I didn't do what these people just did here like after the prayer was over they stood in silence and I'm guilty of not doing this because there are moments when I pray and I don't take time to listen to God like I'm gonna tell y'all at night time when I like sometimes it's just a short prayer like and then like when I'm tired tired it's a short prayer but there's, there's moments where I don't pray at all or like there's moments when I pray and I just don't take the time out to listen to God. I don't sit in silence. And most of the time it's just like random thoughts pop up into my head after like I pray to God and then I just fall asleep on those thoughts. Like I don't take the time out after I get done praying to listen to God. And that's why I am guilty of that and I feel like a lot of us are. So, like, when we get done praying, we need to take the time out to hear from God. Honestly, we just need to shut up and listen. Because a lot of times, we talk so much and God is trying to tell us something. He's literally trying to tell you something and all you want to do is just talk. Like, it's a one-sided conversation and you're the one doing all the talking. Like, if this relationship is going to be like a one-sided conversation... God should be the main one that's talking. Honestly. So he's just God. 
and he he knows what's best and he's no like he knows what's best for you and he's trying to tell you what's best for you because like he knows all so he he knows everything like he sees things he witnesses things that we don't witness and so that's why he's telling those he's telling us he's speaking to us trying to direct us to the path towards victory but we won't like we can't even get on the path of of victory when like when we pray we don't take time out to listen to God. Like it doesn't work. We can't get to the path of victory according to one sided conversations where we are the only ones that are talking. So in our prayer time, like when we get done like praying. Let's take the time out to shut up and listen to God because he's really trying to tell you something. Like he's really, really trying to tell you something. And when you just be quiet and when you listen to God, he will. Some points like here, it was a um direction and it was encouragement. It was both. Well, I'll say encouragement. Well, later on, we found that he, like after this, God will give them directions, but 15, that's encouragement. And so if Israel, if the Jew, people of Judah, if they just kept on going about their days, like if they left right after the prayer without being quiet, then they wouldn't be able to hear what God was trying to say through Jehaziel. They wouldn't be able to hear that because like a whole bunch of stuff starts to fill their head. Like, after prayer, we just need to empty our thoughts and just, like, sit in silence and just listen to God speak. Listen to what he has to say. Because when we listen to God, that is our, that's like, that's our ticket to the path of victory. Okay, so now let's read verses 16 through 17. It says, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up. By the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Okay, so here, God did say that the Bolado. Oh my god, y'all. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was balladle. We're like talking about a balladle. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Let's just get my words straight. So, God did say that the battle belongs to him. The battle belongs to God. But God also wanted them to go out to the battle against the enemy. And he would use them, use their preparation in the battle. So Judah did not have to fight the battle. Yet it does, yet that does not mean that there was nothing for them to do. Like, even though God told them that they had to fight the battle, like, there was still nothing, that doesn't mean that there was nothing for them to do. God still wanted them to do something. So it was, so like, even though God said that the battle belongs to him, there was a still there was still a part for the people of Judah and Jerusalem that they had to play. They had to 
Like God wanted them to do their part, basically. So there wasn't nothing for them to do. Even though God was like doing something, there was still something for the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do. So it was a significant step of faith to position themselves to stand still and to believe that God would deliver them in the face of their enemies. They had like a work and faith partnership with God. They did their part in the job and they also believed in God to do their work. They also had faith in God to do their, to, okay, so they had faith in God that he was going to do his part and they also did their part in it as well. So basically, there's two parts to play. God does his part and the people of Jerusalem and Judah does their their part and it's the same for us it's the same for active christians the battle belongs to god but we still have a part to play and it's time for us to take the step of faith to position ourselves to stand still and to believe that god will do what he said he will do like we work in a faith partnership with god it's not one-sided this is not one-sided like god can't be doing all the work and we're not doing nothing because that's just really showing to God that like we don't truly want it and like God doesn't want us to get want us to get lazy and prideful because we just sit there and then blessings just come on us without us even having to do anything all the time God doesn't want us to be like that he wants us to be active he wants us to be active Christians he doesn't want us to be passive and lazy Christians so God tells us that the battle belongs to God. Like, yes, we need to give the power um, over our situation to God. But we also have a part to play as well. As Christians, as active Christians, we also have a part to play. Like, God has his part, but in order for him to do his part, we have to do our parts as well. And our part is that we have to take the time out we have to um, step out in faith to position ourselves to stand still and to believe that if God said that he was going to do it, that he's going to do it. To have faith in him. That is our job. That is something that as Christians we need to actively do. I'm going to say it again. We need to step out in faith to position ourselves. We need to stand still and we need to believe that and have faith that God will do what he said he will do. Like, our part is faith. And then God will turn that faith into, you know, that thing that he's about to do. That victory that he's about to cause. He's going to turn our faith into a miracle, basically. But it only can happen if we're doing our part as well. And so that's why Christianity... This is like a faith partnership with God. Our relationship with God is a faith partnership with God. Meaning that God is not the only one pulling the weight of this of this partnership. Yes, he's pulling most of the weight, majority of the weight. But we have that like one percentage of work that we have to do in order for God to do his part. Like, God's not going to let us sit around and do nothing. He wants us to be active. 
Like, we can't get nothing. We can't even achieve victory if we're just lazy, if we're just passive. And like, oh, God said he will do it. I'll just sit by on the couch and do nothing. Like, nothing happens that way. God may have promised something to us, but it's up to us to put it into action, to help, you know, actively get things started and then let God control the results. That is our job. We have a job to do, and God has his as well. But in order for us, like, in order for us to achieve victory in life, we have to do our part and let God do his. And God won't do his part unless we do our part. So now I'm going to read verses 18 through 21. It says, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Karathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat said, I'm sorry, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Listen to me. Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. I'm sorry. Okay. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out that as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So, the singers and worshipers, they led the army into battle. And it was clear that Judah and Jerusalem, they expected a battle because they brought the army. They brought a whole army. So, they were prepared for battle. Yeah, it was also clear that they expected... Okay, so they also... They expected a physical battle, but here they also, they expected a supernatural battle because they let the singers and worshipers of God go before the army. And these worshipers, they took a dangerous step of faith because they're literally going to battle. And instead of the army being in front of them, protecting them, they're out in the front. They didn't. They're like they physically have no protection. They physically have no pr- protection. They had this dangerous. They took this dangerous step of faith, and that's the type of step of faith that God wants us to take when it comes to achieving victory in life. He wants us to take the dangerous step of faith, where it like that thing. It may seem dangerous. But when we believe and trust in God, that he'll protect us no matter, like, what we're stepping towards, then that's how we achieve victory right there, by having that type of dangerous faith. So, I'm going to ask you, are you willing to take a dangerous step of faith for God? Are you willing to worship in the midst of your battle? Because not a lot of people can do with that. Not a lot of people have the strength to do that. 
like people they feel so down that they don't even want to give praise to God. They only give praise to God when the times are good. But I'm gonna ask you, are you brave enough to praise God even when it doesn't seem like you should? Are you? Are you willing to be that one person that stands up to worship in the midst of your battle? That's like that's the type of person that we all should be when it comes to achieving the victory that God wants us to achieve. We have to take that dangerous step of faith for God. And while we're doing so, we need to also be willing to worship in the midst of our battle. Because when we're taking a dangerous step of faith, that will also come with battles. That's what it will come with. That dangerous step of faith, it will come with battles. The question is, are you willing to worship and praise God while you are in the midst of that battle? Because this battle that you are fighting, it's a spiritual battle. You may be like arguing with someone right now, but even that, it, it may get physical, but it all falls down to that's it being a spiritual battle. So know that this is a spiritual battle that you are fighting, and you need to fight it with worship. God has given us the weapon of worship. The question is, is are we using it? Not a lot of us is using it. So on this path of victory, it's like we're going to have to take risks because like I, like we said before, we're not going to have all the answers, but we have to trust that God will give those answers when, you know, it's time for because God has the most perfect timing ever and he will give you that answer right when you need it most. But like this path towards victory, it can get really dangerous. And it's up for us to take that dangerous step of faith for God. And while doing so, it will get hard because we don't have the answers. And we're just, we're basically trusting in a God that we can't see. But, you know, as hard as that may seem, we still feel the love of God that like even... Even when we can't see God, we know that he's there. Like when you draw closer to God, you'll be able to feel the love and the joy and the peace that he gives. Like even when you can't see him, you always get feel him in your heart. Because he's, he's literally just always there. So in these times, like going towards victory, if you're on the path of victory, you need to take... That dangerous step of faith. I don't know what your step is, but God is telling you right now to take that dangerous step of faith because on this journey towards victory, it will get dangerous. The question is, is are you willing to take the dangerous step of faith? And are and another one is, are you willing to worship God in the midst of your battle? Because you will have battles when you're on this dangerous journey. But the question is, is will you worship in the midst of those battles? So now I'm going to read verses 23 through 30. It says, The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from the 
from Sire, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Baraka to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. So, um, okay, so while the people of Judah and Jerusalem, while they were praising God, the Lord made their enemies attack each other. Literally, like while the people of Judah and Jerusalem were praising God, and worshiping God in imposition. Those people were in position. They were where God needed them to be. And while they were there, God was making their enemies attack each other. Like those enemies, they form alliances with each other. But while like the people of Judah and Jerusalem were praising God, the Lord made those pe their enemies attack each other. And basically God ambushed their enemies. And, like, um, I don't think I mentioned it to y'all before, but they were enemies before, like, before chapter 20. They were enemies before, but they only, like, made a, an alliance with each other just to defeat Jerusalem and Judah. And look at them looking stupid, because now while um, the people of Judah and Jerusalem are worshiping God, they're being defeated by the own people that they made an alliance with, they're basically turning on against each other even when they made an alliance. That just shows how, like, they're not really, you know, intelligent enough to, like, come against God and his people. So, yeah. So, the enemy, he's not intelligent enough to come against you. But trust me, God know, God will definitely outsmart the enemy. It's just obvious because enemy thinks that he'll win, but like God outsmarts him like every time, every time. Like while you are praising God in the midst of your battle, the Lord will ambush your enemies because your enemy, the enemy, he will literally think that he has you in his hands, that he'll defeat you. But little does he know that while he's throwing attacks your way, you are praising God despite what he's throwing your way. Like, while the enemy is too busy throwing attacks on you, he's not paying attention knowing that you're worshiping God still despite what's being thrown at you. And that's just making the enemy look stupid.
that just makes the enemy look as dumb as he is. Because he's, he's stupid. He's stupid, honestly. He's stupid enough to think that he could come against God and his people knowing that he's been defeated so many times. And so here, the enemy gets defeated again. Why? Because God's people are worshiping in the midst of their battle. So the way you can win, the way you can achieve victory over your enemy is by praising God in the midst of the battle. And like the people of um, Judah and Jerusalem, like even after collecting plunder from the battle, they were still praising God. They returned from the battle filled with joy because they were able to rejoice over their enemies. They were at peace. This battle literally, they left, They were left at peace because they literally did not have to lift a finger to defeat these people. Like, none of their men died. Their enemies, they were trampled. They trampled each other. Like, God defeated their enemies. And they were able to rejoice because God defeated their enemies and they were able to be at peace they didn't have to worry about you know who was coming at them who was going to try to attack them they didn't have to worry about that because god handled their enemies for them so they were at peace and this victory was a warning to the to the um other nations surrounding judah and um jerusalem like god was saying here he was using this event to show all the other kingdoms that if you mess with my people, this is what's going to happen to you. I will turn you against your own people and y'all will defeat each other. Y'all will not lay a hand on my people. That was basically what God was saying here. So even when the battle is over, even when this battle, this season of your life is over and you achieve, like, victory, like, still praise God. Just because things are good doesn't mean you stop praising God. Still praise God. Return from the battle filled with joy because you are na- you're, you are able to rejoice over your enemies. Because you know that the enemy, even though he tried to throw a test against your way, those attacks did not work, and you were still able to achieve victory, and you still have your joy. So, return from your battle filled with joy, because you are able to rejoice over your enemies. Because the enemy did not lay a finger on you. That's the thing that I that got me when I first read this. The enemy did not lay a finger on them, but they were trampled. They were defeated. And it were all... It was all because of God. So we should rejoice and praise God even when, you know, we win the battle because we know it's all because of him. And because of God, we are able to rejoice and we are able to be filled with joy because we don't have to worry about what our enemy is trying to do next. And let this victory warn others to not mess with you. Like this victory that's about to come up in your life will show people that you cannot be messed with because if they mess with you, God will handle it. Like, you don't even have to handle it. What happened to the people of Judah's enemies, that's what will happen to your enemies if they try to mess with you. Not in the same way, 
But, you know, the same idea would happen to those people if they try to mess with you because you are God's child. Like normal, like God will not let nobody mess with his child. And basically, God was just in this event to show the other nations that he's not going to let nobody mess with your child, with his child. So, no, in this season of your life, God is using this season in your life to show your neighbors, your friends, family, whoever, that they can't mess with you because, like, God defeated your enemies and he will defeat them too if they try to mess with you. Because God does not play about his children. He does not play. Like, like, when that victory happens, God is basically using our victories to warn others not to mess with you. Because your victory is like. Uh, your victory makes you stronger. And you're not that type of person that will try to fight yourself. Like now you can just stand back. And let God fight for you. And like. If we fought these battles ourselves. We will not be able to win. Because we do not have enough power to win over these battles by ourselves we need God with us to help us win these battles and when we do win these battles that will show people that we are unstoppable that we can't be stopped that like if they try to stop you it won't work so I'm letting you know you know if you need to come back to this come back to this but know that when God brings you out, when God helps you achieve victory in your life, you can be at peace. Like when God helps you defeat your enemies and when God helps you overcome what the enemy tries to throw your way, know that you can be at peace because you don't have to worry about them anymore. You're free. You're free to go on to that path of victory. You're, you're free to go on to the next big victory. There's always more. God has endless victories for us. And like one victory at a time, people will learn to not mess with you because they know that the, they know the God that you serve. And so, yeah, just remember that. Remember that you can, like because of this, you'll be able to rejoice over your enemies and know that they will not be able to touch you. They will not be able to bother you anymore. And when you remember this, you will be able to be at peace. Okay, so now we're at the last part of Second Chronicles 20. And we're going to be reading from thirty-one all verses 31 all the way to 37. It says, So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king of Judah. And he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azuba, daughter of Shilhai. He followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, as the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. The other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the annals of Jehu's son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. 
Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, whose ways were wicked. He agreed with him to construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were built at Ezion, Geber, Eliezer, son of Dada, sorry, y'all, I'm butchering these names. It says, Eliezer, son of Dada, Bahu, of Mareshah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. Okay. So, here we go, seeing Jehoshaphat after achieving this major victory, like, going around in a cycle. Like, Jehoshaphat, he he was, like, more righteous than the kings of Israel. Because, like, the kings of Israel, they were like, mm, we're not even going to talk about them. You want to, you could read back and see how crazy they were. But Jehoshaphat, he was on, like, so much good side. He wasn't perfect. As we see here, he keeps making alliances with the kings of Israel. And God doesn't want him to be making these alliances because God is trying to protect Judah, the king of Judah, from what the king of Israel is trying to do. Because the king of Israel evil. He's just playing evil. And basically, God is trying to to protect Joseph. Jo- he, uh, okay, God is trying to protect Joseph, Jehoshaphat from making alliances with evil people. Okay, so here, since Jehoshaphat made an alliance with Ahaziah to create ships, God said that he would destroy what they made. And this may seem cruel of God, but this was actually mercy. This was, like, this actually prevented Jehoshaphat from another ungodly alliance and yielding to this temptation had hurt him before. Like, you go back and... Like before Second Chronicles twenty, and you see like the alliances that um, Jehoshaphat made; those alliances hurt him. So basically, by doing this, God was protecting Jehoshaphat from that hurt. So God really ridiculing, sorry, God ridiculing us is His way of showing us mercy. God disciplining us. It's his way of showing mercy. Like the rules that God has set before us. It's his way of showing us victory. I mean sorry. It's his way of showing us mercy. Because he's trying to. Like he's trying to. Sorry. He was trying to protect us from what's going to destroy us. So God will destroy anything that pushes us into our ungodly ways. God is trying to. God is trying to. Sorry. Okay. God is trying to prevent us from submitting to the old temptation cycles that hurt us so much. God is trying to save us from feeling that hurt. God is trying to save us from those unendless cycles that we constantly put ourselves in so we can go on the path of victory. Because we can't get on the path of victory if we're constantly going in those unending cycles. And God... He will do anything for us to make sure that we achieve victory in our life. 
God will literally, he will destroy anything that tears you from the path of victory. He will do that because, and that's only because he loves us so much that he wants the best for us. Meaning that toxic relationship that you're in, he'll destroy that because he knows that that relationship is hurting you so much. And he knows that he doesn't want you to be in that relationship anymore. Because all you're doing is crying and you're always hurt. And all you do is like you, you feel pain. You're not experiencing the victory that God wants you to achieve. So he'll destroy that victory so you can be, I'm sorry, he can, God will destroy that relationship so you can go on, so you can be focused on the path of victory, so you can go on that path of victory. God will, he will destroy what leads us to these unending cycles so we'll be able to go towards the path of victory. So no, if like you feel like you lost something, whether it's a friend, like you feel like because you're a Christian now and just people just left you behind, know that God destroyed those relationships because those relationships were not going to help you get to victory. God was like going to, God will weed anything out that's not going to help you get to victory. Like, it's okay to get rid of relationships that's not going to benefit you. That's not going to help you get towards the path of victory that God has called you to. And God will let you know because he'll let you know. And if you don't do something about it, God will destroy it. He will destroy it himself. And know. And then, like, God will take away other things from us, like the love of certain music, TV shows, books, whatever. He will take, he will take, like, the love of certain things that will, like, distract us. And God will take away the love of things that we have that, like, could hurt us. Because sometimes we love things that could hurt us. So God will take away things that we love that can possibly hurt us. Just so we can go towards the path of victory. And that just shows the mighty and loving God that we serve. Because he cares so much about us that he will literally destroy anything that gets in the way of our path towards victory. So know that if anything is like, if you feel like you're losing, know that you're not losing. You're actually gaining something. You're gaining victory. When you lose things that are not good for you, you are actually gaining victory. Alright, y'all. So, I am so glad that y'all made it to the end. I hope that you gained something out of this episode. I hope that you're gaining something out of this whole series. Like, I hope this series helps you to achieve victory. And please send me a voice message if this victory series is helping you towards your path of victory because we're all on the path of victory every single one of us is on the path to victory and i just want this series to help all of us together to like achieve victory so and if you did not listen to the other episodes please go back and just listen to everything just to get all the tips get all the ways that god wants us to achieve victory in our life hey yeah so Okay, so the next episode will be called Victory Part 7. That's like one more episode in this series. 
and I'm for sure for sure now that will be the final episode of the series because God has given me ideas for future episodes after the series so stay tuned for those because I'm super excited I have no clue what's about to happen I don't know what's going to be said but just know that's going to be super 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 exciting so if you want to get notified on that and also if you want motivation like more motivation or just more content from me then please um follow my instagram at rpedagraphs26 and like just remember the things i said before i am accepting donations so if you feel like to bless the ministry if you enjoyed the work then please send a little donation doesn't have to be a lot just something that will help bless the ministry and even if you don't do that just thanks for listening and sticking with me and god this far and also if you have any questions or you just want to comment anything feel free to send a voice message all of that will be in the link in the description below other than that that's everything um so as you leave this podcast episode remember in your everyday life to always strive for victory have a blessed day